0: Join with me in prayer, if you would. Father, again, we thank you for today, um, God. It is a day that we do not um, deserve, but you have granted it to us, and 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 you've given it not just simply um, for us, but ultimately for for you. And so I pray, Lord, that that today we would um, we would make most of the day and the time that we have um, specifically together by by seeking. To make the most of, of you. Lord, we are, are not here for us, and we shouldn't be, but we're here for you. We're here to worship you. And, 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 and we did that um, through fellowship as we gathered, and we, we did that through singing praises to you, ab- about you. We understand that we primarily seek to worship you as a church, as, as your word is proclaimed as it's preached, as as it's taught, as we hear it, and as we seek to apply it to our lives, Father, it, it, it still amazes me. I think it will forever amaze me that that we get to that we get to gain um, through your glorification. Um, and and I, I am grateful for that. We Lord are grateful for that. We thank you for that, and and we want that, Lord. I mean, we we above all else want to see you glorified and worshipped and magnified. But, but yet at the same time, as your children, Lord, we we want to be sanctified, Jesus. We we want to become more and more like you as we as we cast off our sin more and more, and as we as we know you more and more, and as we love you more and more, and as we live for you more and more. And so I pray. God, that you would continue your your sanctifying work um, in our lives. Lord, I also pray that you would continue your, your saving work. That that you would you would save the lost among us. You would do Jesus what what only you can do. That you would you would remove that heart of stone, replace it with a heart of flesh, and that you would grant repentance and faith. And that you would you would save, Lord. I, I have no greater desire for the lost than to see them saved for, for, for my children, for our children, for, for for those who are here, for those who will at some point in the future come here who, who are lost, Lord, is is to see them saved and to see you glorified as that's done. And so I pray, Father, that you would you would do that. We do love you, Lord, and we again thank you for your 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 amazing love for us. Jesus, it, it is because of you, it's for you, and it's in your name that we we pray these things. Amen. Um, just to give you an idea of what we're, what we're doing today, it's a little bit different, um, not, not different, I don't know if it is or isn't, but I'll say it is. Um, let's see, last month, I think it was the first Sunday, it was the last time I preached actually, because then we had Ronnie Qualls here, and so I finished up, if that's right, I finished up Acts chapter 1, okay, and so, so we're, we're done with Acts chapter 1, and, and we're ready for Acts chapter 2, but we're not going to go there today right, um, for, for a very valid reason. Acts 2, just just real quick, think in your minds, we're, we're, we're going to what? The day of Pentecost, right? And so, um, undoubtedly, in our society today, Christendom, I'll use that term loosely today, there is a gross, um, at best, misunderstanding concerning um, the Holy Spirit, okay? Okay. <laughs> Who he is and what he does. And so before going into Acts chapter 2, which will actually be the middle of next month for me, I think that it would be appropriate to spend a couple Sundays, more in lesson format okay, than in typical expositional, exegetical sermon, going through the text format, discussing the Holy Spirit. Now, Now, let's face it, we could we could spend the rest of our lives on earth talking about the Holy Spirit, and we wouldn't even come close to scratching the surface on who He is and, and what and what He does. Okay, so instead we're going to condense it to two weeks. Um, but no, so we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit this Sunday, all right? And so what we're going to do this Sunday is we're going to talk about, for the most part, who He is in relation to God, okay? And then, um, and again, it's just scratching the surface. And the Scripture verses that we look at today are just a few of many, okay, um, and then the next time that I preach, which I think will be the first Sunday of April, uh, April, sorry, it's, it's crazy, um, we're going to talk about what it means to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, okay, and what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit, and then having this this correct understanding and background, okay, of who the Holy Spirit is and and what He does, okay, okay. Um, Specifically concerning baptism and filling, right? Then we're going to look at, at, at Acts chapter two, right? So really, I just want to give you background information before we go to Acts chapter two. Okay? So that's what we're doing today, and that's what we're going to do the next time I preach. Lord willing, it'll be the first Sunday, um, the first Sunday in uh, April. So I am going to do something a little bit different today. So don't don't be scared, Darren. It's okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm using a, I'm going to use a whiteboard, okay? Which is don't get used to it either. I, I called Randy and I said, hey, I need a prop for Sunday. He sent me an article a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, what, what, didn't you send it to me? about pastors and preachers and these guys using props and everything, and I was like, oh, hey, I've got this great idea, and I need, I need this prop for Sunday, and I, I, actually, I said to him, I said, um, are you sitting down? And he said, yeah, I'm eating, and I said, you might want to swallow before I ask you this. I'm, I'm joking, but I do think it will be beneficial for for today. Obviously, it's not something that's, that's normal for us. It's a small whiteboard, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set it here, I hope that we can all, all see it, um, yeah, we can see that. So It's a white and it's, it's bored. It's a, okay. Um, you know, there, there is, I think, um, at best, uh, a general misunderstanding um, when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, and I say at best a misunderstanding. At worst, we, we move into the realm of, of heresy. Um, obviously, when it comes to the Holy Spirit and God. And, and concerning God, and we're going to start with God, You know, defining God. Something we can do. We can define God. Okay, we can clearly define God. Doesn't mean that we can fully understand uh, God, right? We can't, right? But we can we can um, clearly define God. And so, what I want to give you first, and I'm going to do it pictorially, right? Is is what I believe is is probably the the average misconception in of today when it comes to God. Okay. And so, I, I think there's this there's this um, my marker works here. Hold on. I should have bought the uh, other markers. Missy, you're going to thank you. So, so we have God, right? And so when people think of God, here's what they think of. We've got we've got God. Right. And so here's here's God, right? We've got we've got God. And and we've got father, right? God father. People I think uh, initially associate God with father. Father God, God father. Okay, this, this, this person, okay, who's, who is God and he's the father, all right? And then, and then he has this son, right, that's, that's much like him, okay? We've got, got God, father, and we've got son, and the son is, is, is divine uh, as well. I mean, some people, I think, don't really wrap their minds around that, but we've got the son of God, Right, see this is this is the son of God who 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 is Jesus is Jesus, right? But then we've got God Father, okay? And then there's this 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 Holy Spirit thing, right? And and this is where some confusion comes in because we've got God Father and his his little son, but then then we've got the Holy Spirit, right? And and I think the confusion comes in is because some people think well, well does the Holy Spirit come from God Father or does he come from son because there's some passages in scripture that that make it sound like the Holy Spirit proceeds from God like somehow God father right he 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 separates his spirit from him and 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 sends it or gives it or or was it the Son that did that and there's there 's just some confusion right i see I see confused looks on your faces right but but I, I think many kind of view the, the the God in this in this way when we think of God, we think Father right, and we know that God the Father has this the Son, right? And then somehow somewhere his spirit came from him, Father God, and that's where we get the Holy Spirit from, who is God, the Father's Spirit, right? And it's completely messed up and it's it's completely it's completely wrong. okay? Um, what, what I want um, I'm going to draw another one here momentarily if I can. What I, want, what I want to impress upon you today is this, concerning the Holy Spirit. All right, one, the Holy Spirit is God. He does not and did not proceed from the Father or the Son. Right, He doesn't come from, come out of the Father or the Son. The Holy Spirit is not God the Father's spirit Right, disembarking from his being, or the Son's spirit disembarking from the, his being. But he is a separate and distinct person. And defining in the Trinity, I want to first point to um, Deuteronomy um, chapter 6, verse 4, known as the Shema. Shema is, is Hebrew for hear. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 is, is the basic Jewish confession of faith. And it says, Hear, O Israel, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Ehad, the Lord our God... The Lord is one. Our kids just did this a couple, a couple weeks ago in their, in their class, right? So we have this proclamation in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4, that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We have a monotheistic God. There are how many gods? There are one. There is, not are, but there are one. We have God. Right, and it says the Lord is one, and it's it's really a, a unique word used for one because it's actually talking about a unity, a unity of of more than one being one, kind of like a husband and a wife. Right, we have two individuals; the two shall become one flesh. Right, They're, they are united as 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 one. Okay, so the Lord our God, their Lord is uh, the God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is one. God, okay? Now, Scripture clearly reveals, however, that there are three... It's okay. That there are three persons, all right, in dealing with this one God, okay? There is the Father, there is the Holy Spirit, and there is the Son, all right? And the Father... And the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, one God. And so what we have, we have the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. All right? We could even, and I have a diagram, I'm drawing it out, the kids thought the other day, is, is, and is. Right? But the Holy Spirit is not the Father the Father is not the Son and the Holy Spirit or the son, whichever way is not the other. all right so so we clearly can define I know that probably looks like a mess to you up there, but we can clearly define God, right there is one God and this one God is composed, if you will, of three separate and distinct individuals, right? And that is the Father who is God, but not the Son or the Spirit. That is the Spirit who is God, and yet not the Father or the Son, and that is the Son who is God, and yet He is not the Father, and He is not the Holy Spirit. Right. Furthermore, prior, just to, to set your mind in this direction, as we, as we start thinking about them and, and personhood and whatnot, prior to the incarnation, right, God was spirit Right, God the Father, right, never has and currently does not have a body. Right? He doesn't have a face, and so we talk about those things in Scripture, and it's it's for our benefit, so we can kind of in our little pea brains conceptualize and relate and and semi understand, right? But but the Father is is spirit, just as the Holy Spirit is spirit, and prior to the incarnation. The Son was only Spirit; didn't have a body, right? Now, the Son, who is Jesus, right, does have a body, okay? And yet, God is Spirit without a body. So, so we can clearly define God, and we can clearly define the Trinity, okay? And yet, we 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 can't fully understand it. And, and I do not believe that even the other side of glory will will never fully be under. Now, be able to understand it. I mean, it is something that will marvel us forever. I find that absolutely awesome. The fact that even in heaven and even in glory, we still won't be able to comprehend the, the, the triunity of God. And it's awesome. Okay, so the first point that we're going to look at today, we're going to look at three points concerning the Holy Spirit, though, okay? I just kind of want to define Him in relation to uh, God, all right? Um, But then I want to look at three points as we do that. The first is this, it's that the Holy Spirit is God, all right? And then we're going to look at that the Holy Spirit is a person, all right? A person doesn't mean you have a body, right, all right? And and the third one is this, the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. So that's where we're going today, and then the next time I preach, we're going to be looking at the, the... Holy Spirit in relation to being baptized by the Holy Spirit, right? And, and what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, one, understand this. He is the Lord Jehovah of Exodus. Turn with me to Exodus um, chapter 34. And what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be just doing, looking at a lot of verses, just cross-referencing back and forth as we define right, the Holy Spirit. Exodus um, 34, 34. Exodus 34:34 says, Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he, what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So it's just, just defining, saying, hey, Moses, he would go in and he would speak with the Lord, and the Lord Jehovah, Right? Okay. And then now let's look at Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter three. Verses twelve through through eighteen. Since we have such a hope. We are very bold. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, so here in this passage, we have um, Paul, as he's talking about Moses, and he's talking about Moses, what, what he did when he would go in before the Lord. He's equating that with Moses going in before who? The, the Spirit. So, so who was it? I mean that that Moses went in before, right? Well, he went in, he went in before the Lord, right? Who is what? Well, it's the Father, it's the Son, and and the Holy Spirit, right? So in Exodus we have Moses, as he obviously wrote this, proclaiming, right? Him going before the Lord, right? And then yet. Paul, in part, identifies that Lord that Moses went before, in part, as, as the Spirit. We know that Moses went before what? He went before who, not what? He went before the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we see that, one, the Holy Spirit is the Lord Jehovah, of Exodus, we could say, think, say the same thing about the Son. The Son is the is what is the just Jehovah of Exodus. We say the same thing about about the Father, but again, today we're we're dealing specifically with with the Holy Spirit. Also, um, the Holy Spirit is commonly equated with God, and we're going to look at three different passages that, that that do this. Acts chapter five. Acts chapter five. We're going to look at verses one and four. Probably thinking who Ananias and and Sapphira, right? Starting in verse 1, it says, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. Um, with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and um, brought only a part of it. And laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Right, so Peter's saying you lied to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to who? To God. But who did Peter say he lied to? Well, he said he lied to the Holy Spirit. But now who does Peter say he lied to? He lied to God. Well, Well, how can that be? Well, that can be because the Holy Spirit is what? The Holy Spirit is... God, right? Isaiah chapter 6. Right? He's equated with God in the us passages. Now, now this isn't explicit here. This is implicit. It would be the same in, in, in Genesis. Um, but Isaiah 6, uh, 8 through 10. Isaiah says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? right and who will go for us I God and us God right God said let us make man in our image again uh, we have it uh, implicit here that there is what more than one person right composing this one God and that would be the father the son and the holy spirit also we see the holy spirit equated with God in 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee uh, flee from sexual immorality. Uh, Every other sin uh, a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom what you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Well, who does your body belong to? It belongs to God. Well, who does this passage say your body belongs to? It belongs to what? The Holy Spirit. Right? Belongs to Christ. Belongs to God. It belongs to the Holy Spirit, all in the same passage. Again, so we see the Holy Spirit being connected with and equated to God. Now, not only is he commonly equated with God, the Holy Spirit has God's attributes. And when it comes to God's attributes, what would we say? Well, who but God has these attributes, right? Holy Spirit is eternal. So Hebrews 9.14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through what? The eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Right? Aside from God, everything is created. Right? Angels. Created beings, right? Us, obviously, created beings. The heavens and the earth, acts of creation, right? The only one who is eternal is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? One eternal God. Three persons, right, that are one eternal God. Okay, he is all-knowing. 1 Corinthians 2 10 you don't have to i mean i know we're going a lot of verses today so don't feel like oh you can't keep up because i'm not gonna slow down just so we can get done so it's okay if you, if you can't fully keep up or you're not able to or don't want to um first corinthians um 2 10 through 11 these things god has revealed to us through the spirit for the spirit what the spirit searches everything even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is all-knowing. Who is all-knowing? Only God is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit is God. He is all-present. So get look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. David says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I uh, flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light shall... About me by night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. The Holy Spirit is all present, He's everywhere. He's all powerful. We see this in Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High, that's speaking to the fact that He is all-powerful, and the Holy Spirit being connected intimately with the Most High as the Most High, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, and the Son of God. The Holy Spirit has God's attributes. He is eternal, all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. Who, who are those things? Who is that except God and God alone. Again, we could we could say the same thing about the Father, and we could say the same thing about the Son. The Holy Spirit is involved. This is the the fourth subpoint of the Holy Spirit is God. He is involved in all the works of God. He's involved in creation. Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness um, was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we know, you know, we go to Colossians, right? Speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, and, and on and on and on, right? So, so, so who created everything that is? Well, well God did, Right? and we know that we know that it was a work of God and we know that that listen the 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 son and and the father and the holy spirit they don't um they are separate individuals and and yet they're not they are intimately connected with one another as as God and as as when they work or as they work they they work together as one god and yet and yet they do have distinct functions and distinct roles, distinct ministries, if, if you will. We know from Colossians that, that specifically creation was a work of who? It was the Son. It was the Son who actively was the one creating, and, and yet he wasn't, he wasn't alone as God, right? And here in Genesis 1-2, again, we see in part the Spirit's role in creation. And it says this, right? And the Spirit of God, right? So in the beginning, God... Created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and born, the darkness was over the face of the deep, and what? The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Right? So the Spirit had an intimate role in the creation of everything that is. He's also involved in the inspiration of Scripture. Second Peter. 1. What do we know about scripture it's it's theonustos if i said that right it's god breathed for all scripture is what theonustos god breathed right so um second peter 120 first um it says knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation right does it? We know that it's Theronustos, right? That it's it's breathed out by God. And it says here in verse twenty one, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Right. Holy Spirit was also involved in the incarnation of Christ. Matthew one. Matthew one, eighteen through twenty. the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't fully get I mean, listen, guys, we can't completely wrap our minds around how this happened, right? I mean, virgin birth, it's something that we, all right, God can do this. We understand miracles. We get that. But how, I mean, God the Father decreed it to be so that God the Eternal Son, through the work of the Holy Spirit, would would become incarnated as Mary conceived Him. And I don't, I don't get that. I mean, scientifically, biologically, I don't get that. You don't get that either. That's that's okay. Right? It's not for us to talk about the mysteries of God. Right? That's this is this is one of those things that we're gonna let God be God, and 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 we don't have to get it right. But what do we know? Right? We know that God decreed it to be so and that the Holy Spirit was actively involved in the miraculous conception of Mary whereby her baby was the forever God-man. I don't know, but that's the reality of, of what it was and who it is that did that work. Also, um, Holy Spirit's work in resurrection, Romans 1.4. And he was declared, speaking of Jesus, to be the Son of God and power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Salvation. We're just going to read the whole of Romans 8. And, and, and I really believe that, that if we wanted to specifically, I mean, if we wanted to highlight, I'll say that, if we want to highlight the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit, it's here in Romans chapter 8. Listen, the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit wasn't created on the day of Pentecost, right? That was, you know, when did Jesus' public ministry start, right? I mean, like, we know when it started, don't we, right? We've got a, a clear delineation in Scripture, in scripture when Jesus' public ministry started. It doesn't mean that he actually wasn't involved in a little bit of ministry here or there prior to, to that, right? Same thing with the Holy Spirit. When did, his, when did his public ministry really start, right? Well, we could say the same thing, right? It started on the day of Pentecost. doesn't mean that he wasn't active and working throughout all of eternity, because he was, right? But the day of Pentecost is really when it began, okay? But what let's highlight his ministry, right? I think Romans 8, in part, does that. There is, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Right? Where does our spiritual life come from? I mean, it's Christ who, who did that work, right? It's Christ who atoned for our sins. Christ who satisfied God's righteous wrath against our sin. But who is it that gives us life? It's, it's the Spirit. Who is it that dwells in us? It's the Spirit. Who is it that convicts us? The Spirit. Regenerates us. The Spirit. Again, we're seeing His work. We're seeing His ministry proclaimed here in Romans 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So so how, how do we even do that? Put to death, therefore, that which belongs to your mortal bodies. And Paul describes all this wickedness, right? How do we put to death? Well, in and of ourselves, we can't put to death. But who is it in us and through us that does that work? It's the Holy Spirit that does that. For you did not... Um, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Again, ministry of the Holy Spirit, right? If children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Again, we see the work of the Holy Spirit here. What what does he do in our lives? He he helps us in our weakness, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. You you ever ever get to that point where you're like, God, I don't even know. I mean, something happened in your life, in a friend's life. You don't even know what happened. But you're like, I got to pray about this. I got to pray for them. I don't, Lord. I don't even have the words. I find myself in this place a lot of times. I, I, I don't. I don't even have the words. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. What do we have here? What does it say? Huh. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but what the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words, and He who searches hearts knows. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And well, we know the answer is none of those things. But in this passage, we see the Holy Spirit. We see his work in salvation, right? And we see his work in sanctification, right? Again, this is a work. These are works that only God has done. Only God can do. Only God will do. We also see the Holy Spirit's work in comforting uh, believers. Uh, John fourteen twenty six. But the Helper. Your translation might actually even say the Comforter. Right. Actually, I'll start in twenty five. These things Jesus is speaking to his apostles here. He says these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Now Jesus here is making a promise specifically to his apostles, okay, um, that they would they would remember these things that that He has taught that He has taught them, right? And we know that because we have Scripture that 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 proves that, okay. But nonetheless, He's He's talking about the one He's going to send. Right. The comforter, the helper who is going to comfort you, who is going to help you again. Do what only God God can do. All right. So just briefly, I mean, we looked at I said briefly, we've looked at these passages just real quick. Fire hose coming at you, defining. Right. And part of the Holy Spirit is God. Right. He is the Lord Jehovah of Exodus. He's equated with God. We see that in Scripture. He has God's attributes. Right, and he is involved in all the works of God. And again, these are just a, a select few scriptures that define, right, and demonstrate that the Holy Spirit is in fact God. Right. So now, what we're going to look at, though, is is the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. Right, which is our second point. My 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 second and third points in my outline are are, are short compared to. To the, the the first one we just did, and then we're gonna I'm gonna demonstrate that the Holy Spirit is not the Father, and is not not the Son. Matthew 28, 19. we should be familiar with this. The Great Commission, right? Actually, I'm gonna read sixteen through through twenty, just the, the whole little section there. Um, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Listen, All right. God is holy, right? God is Holy, he 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 is, and not just holy as in and and perfect. I think a lot of times we think of holy as in, in perfect. He is, right? Um, but he's also holy as in separated, right, from all the rest of of creation. Okay. Now, now when we say the Holy Spirit, we're not describing like in, in, in today's context. We're not describing the nature of God's Spirit. I mean, we, we can't. I, mean, I, I could say like God, God, God is Spirit, and He is, right? Um, God is holy, thus he's a Holy Spirit, right? That's true. But when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, understand that, that that's his name, right? When, when we say the Holy Spirit, when I say that the Holy Spirit does this, I'm, I'm referring to a person by by his name and be like saying, Ben does this, right? Randy did that. James did this right, the Holy Spirit. This that's 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 His name, right? And we see that in the Great Commission. He says, "Make disciples, baptize them in the name what of the Father." That that's His name. Now we we see we see other names in Scripture for God, don't we? We do, right? Countless names in Scripture uh, um, for God. You know, most of those names actually tell us something about God, right? We have the Father. That, that's that's. What so we call him? We're talking about this person here. His name is Father, right? We have the Son, right? Incarnate now, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Messiah, right? And 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 we have the Holy Spirit, right? I and mean, He has a name. The Holy Spirit has a name, and His name is the Holy Spirit, right? That's in part why we capitalize it, right? I mean, you capitalize a proper proper name, proper noun, whatever. Right, I'm not an English major, but you know, if I were to if I were to write Susan, right? I would have a capital S because that's her her name. So if I'm speaking about the person of the Holy Spirit, right? Capital H, capital S, because his name is the Holy Spirit, right? He has a name because he is a person, right? He's also contrasted, okay, with with personal agents, right? Um let's look at we're looking at 1 Timothy and 1 John. We'll go to 1 Timothy first. First um, Timothy one. Uh, now the Spirit Holy Spirit right, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of, of, of demons All right? so even in this passage here we have the Holy Spirit in part working and being contrasted with deceitful spirits and demons who are in fact Um, personal agents or or, or personal, if you will, beings, right? I mean, angels and demons are fallen angels, right? They are, they are, they're persons. Again, not like we think of, and this is where we have to sometimes, you know, think outside the box, not like heartbeat, blood and flesh and stuff like that, right? But they are, they are individual, personal beings, Right? And in this passage, we have the Holy Spirit being contrasted and compared, right, with other personal beings. We see that also happen in 1 John. 1 John um, 3, um, 24 through um, 4 6. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and in God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And if you recall back when we were first, John, he was actually talking about by testing the spirits. He was talking about people, right? And, and what they're teaching, okay? And what they're saying concerning God, Right? He um, says, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. So he's saying, test the spirits, right? Joel Osteen, right? I mean, that's, that would be like an example of someone we would put in that test the spirit category, right? Um, test the spirit. And by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So again, in this passage, we have the Holy Spirit working, but also being contrasted with with us in this command now to to test other personal agents, in fact, humans. That first passage in Timothy, he was comparing the Holy Spirit to other spirit beings, angels, demons, right? And in this passage, he's contrasting, comparing the Holy Spirit to actual uh, uh, humans. In this case, you know, teachers, specifically trying to call out false teachers, preachers, pastors, whatever, uh, uh, apostates, okay? But nonetheless, in both these passages, what we have is we have the Holy Spirit being compared to and contrasted with um, personal agents and or individual Beings further defining that the Holy Spirit is in fact a personal being. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is, is is a person. Okay, Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. John fourteen fifteen. He is not the Father. John fourteen fifteen. Um, if you love me? You will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And when Jesus said another helper, what he was really saying is he's going to send someone who is a lot like me, right? Because he is. Because he is what? He's God like I am God, okay? Um, So here he's saying that the Father is going to give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you okay so he's not jesus right because jesus says he's going to send someone who's like me but not me all right and and the one doing the sending is the father so again we see part of part of part of the work here right i mean god the father is going to send god the son so we have this kind of uh, uh, uh without getting into too much of this we have um subordinating roles right we call it functional subordination right it's just like we have a marriage but but functionally in role, Holy Spirit's functionally subordinate to the Father. And we see that in part here because it's the Father who, in fact, is sending God now, the Holy Spirit, right, in replace of Christ to to work um, in us and to work through us. He's not the Son. Um, We see it in that passage, um, but we also see it here in Acts um, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. While staying with them, he ordered them, this is Jesus, uh, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Right. So we know that Jesus is fixing to leave, Okay. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I'm going, okay, I'm, 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 no, I'm not going to set up my kingdom now, not, not, not in the way that, that you think or the way that, that, you, that you want or expect. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to leave. But when I leave, the Father is going to send someone who is a lot like me, Right, God, who's a lot like me, He's going to send. He's going to send Him in in my place. So, the Holy Spirit is not it's not the Father. In fact, is sent by the Father, and and is not the Son. In fact, was sent as a as a as a replacement, practically speaking. Right, um, for for the Son. Finally, we see the Holy Spirit. We, we looked at a passage similar to this. Actually, we looked at this passage. We also see him separately um, interceding um, um, between us and the Father on our behalf. And let's just look at that one more time. In um, Romans chapter 8. And 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes, intercedes that's between two entities, right? Between who? Between us and between between the Father. He intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. I mean, make no mistake, the Holy Spirit is is God. It's not a part of God the Father that he dislocated from his being and, and sent no the holy Spirit is is God and and he is a a distinct person who is not who is not the father and who is who is not the son right and I, and I think that too often I think that too often we tend to to neglect that at least at least maybe intellectually you know um i i try to and i'm gonna i'm gonna finish with this um when i pray um i want to i want to pray with my mind not just my emotions you know i think sometimes we it's good to do both i mean we're emotional beings right um i often talk to my wife and my children and i'm like listen when we think about things let's 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 think with our intellect, not with our emotions. They probably hate it because I say that all the time, right? But let's think with our intellect and not with our emotions. Let's make decisions with our intellect and not with our emotions, okay? When we pray, um, let's, let's pray with our minds and not just simply our emotions, okay? That doesn't deny that the fact that we're emotional beings and emotions are involved in it, right? And I say that, if, you know, if I'm praying for something, if I'm crying out to God in regards to something that that is specifically in the realm and work of of the Holy Spirit, I'm studying Scripture. Who who is it, who is it that opens our minds to understanding Scripture? We understand that that's the Holy Spirit's work, isn't it? Right. So if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to study Scripture, who is God? We know He's God, right? But but if I'm going to sit down and and I'm going to study Scripture and I'm struggling with a passage and I'm struggling understanding that passage. Instead of just saying, God, help me understand this so that I might glorify you as I seek to apply it uh, in my life and, and convey that to the church, um, I want to be intentional. I want to say, Holy Spirit, I, I know this is what you do, and I can't do this. I can't understand this apart from, from, from your work in my life. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would You would enable me to understand this, that I might convey it to others, that I might be able to, to apply it to my life, right? Um, I think all too often it's just God. We just pray to God and we say God and most of us automatically probably go to Father, right? And Not that we don't want to pray to the Father, we do. But there are times when I think we need to be intentional in our minds and and separate out like which person we're crying out to. And it's okay to cry out to, to all three. But but I'm just saying I, I think all too often we just almost overlook almost overlook the Holy Spirit, especially in our society where the Holy Spirit is, is incorrectly emphasized with all this charismatic craziness, right? And maybe, maybe that's what we do, right? They're all going crazy, jumping pews, talking like weirdos. And, and so we're like, we're just going to ignore the Holy Spirit so people don't think we're like them. I, I don't know if that's what it is or it isn't, right? But the Holy Spirit is God. He, he is a person. He's not the Father. He's not the Son. And And He's not to be neglected by us as as believers okay um so next time we are going to talk specifically about what it means to be filled actually we'll start with what it means to be baptized because you can't be filled unless you're baptized right we'll get to that um, we're going to talk about what it means to be baptized by the holy spirit okay um and then what it means to be filled by the holy spirit then we can move into acts chapter two um better equipped to understand what was going on um on that day of Pentecost as well being better equipped in our world today where the Holy Spirit is completely um uh a mis um I don't want to say misunderstood but but I'll say that for now. But abused maybe. So all right, let's pray. Father, um Father we thank you for who you are. Um and what you have done, what you did in sending your son and, and, and uh, sending him to do for us that we, we couldn't do for ourselves, Lord. And that was to completely uh, satisfy your righteous wrath against our sin. He satisfied it, Father, and he satisfied it, it perfectly. And so we, we, we thank you, we thank you for that work, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for doing that for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. And and we thank you then for not abandoning us or leaving us, but 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 you sent your spirit who who is here now with us, who dwells in us, who works in us and and through us, not just simply to keep us, but to, to keep us, to, to to teach us, to to comfort us, to use us um, for for your glory and for the good of, of of your church. And so we pray that you would you would continue that work until either Jesus returns or until you call us um to be with you I- either way i mean those are those are good days um and so so we long for that we look forward to that but yet but yet as we as we anticipate either your return or our our homecoming um i pray that you wouldn't find us idle that, that we would be used that would be we would be used by you for your glory and for the good of your church, whom you gave yourself for. Jesus, we we love you again and we praise you, Father. Father, we praise you. Holy Spirit, we praise you. You, God, the Triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, you are alone of. Alone are, are worthy of all of our praise, uh, uh, our worship, our, our, adolo- our adoration. You, you, you alone are God, and we thank you for who you are and, and all your majesty and all your your wonder um, and amazement. We ask these things, um, Jesus, in your name, um, and ultimately for your sake. Amen.